On today's episode of Chalk Talk, we are actually joined by two teachers and coaches from Boise High School in Idaho. We are super excited to be welcoming them on them on to the podcast. They are sitting uh, socially distant apart in their weight room if you were watching the video version. So we're excited to have both of them share their insights, stories, and what they're doing at Boise, Idaho. So we are going to go ahead and kick this off, let them introduce themselves, and turn this into a great episode. Remember, here at Platform, you can go get everything at plt4m.com. Check out all of our podcasts, blogs, different articles that are coming out along the way. Let's go again. Go ahead and get this started. This is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. All right, we are kicking this off. And as I mentioned at the front end, I am joined by two teachers and coaches, Stephanie and Rachel, who are in their weight room, spread out a little bit, but it's pretty cool to see you guys somehow got a camera rigged up in there and, and making it work. So thank you both for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Absolutely. So typically how we get to start this off, and I always love episodes that we get to actually talk with two or three or whoever may be in a school working within the fitness center, weight room, working with students all across the board. It's always nice to get an introduction to who we're actually talking to. So Rachel, I'll let you dive in, introduce yourself first, and then I'll let Stephanie jump in from there. Okay. My name is Rachel Ryden, and uh, this is my 12th year here at Boise High, and I teach uh, physical education and fitness uh, and a little bit of adaptive PE. And um, yeah, platform's been great for us, especially this year with uh, being virtual um, for the first eight weeks of school. So we're, we're really excited. You guys created a great program for us. Awesome. Thank you. And Stephanie? Hi, I'm Stephanie Fernander, and this is my, starting my fourth year at Boise High, but I've been teaching for 22 years in, um, in Boise, Idaho. And um, we, Rachel and I, have been teaching together these last three years and um, growing this athletic fitness program here at Boise High School, which is really exciting. This is our new weight room that um, it's called the Brave Cave, where the kids all come down and we're looking forward to them coming back into person um, next week. So we're really excited about having platform 4M help us through the beginning of the semester, getting people on track and the kids on track and having that interconnection with them. And looking forward to transitioning in person as well with the program. That's awesome. And obviously, we've been talking to a lot of different schools who have been completely remote or they've been transitioning from one to another. And it's certainly something that a lot of teachers and coaches have to face right now because, you know, everything's kind of a moving target. So in the Brave Cave, you know, I know you mentioned that it's new, but before COVID, who is typically getting to come into your weight room, into your athletic training? I know when you've talked to some of my colleagues here at Platform, you were pretty proud of what had been set up there at Boise High School and, and the culture that um, you guys had really created in the school, especially around strength and conditioning and fitness. So um, maybe you could spend a little bit of time talking about what it looked like beforehand, just so we kind of get a sense of that dynamic and that culture that that exists within Boise High School. Um, yeah, I'll start. My name is Um about four years ago, we started building the program, um, gradually increasing the population of the kids that came into class. It probably started with five sections of, you know, 30 to 35 kids. And as the class became more popular, we now have up to eight, almost nine sections. With, and with a wait list. With a wait list, which is fantastic. Kids are wanting to get into class. And so last year, um, just to give you an idea, we were, when we were in person, we probably had up to 38 to 44 kids per class. Sometimes you had two fitness classes per, um, per period. And so we're look, it was just a great place where we had 
A lot of athletes that take our a lot of athletes take our class because it's an elective course, but we also it's open to anybody that's interested in, in a lifelong um, fitness path. So we have athletes, we have kids who maybe not are in sport here, but if we have room in class, um, everyone's welcome to take it. It's as long as they give us hundred percent and go for it. You know, this is a, this is the place to be. It's a, it's a popular class. You want to add? We we run tenth uh, through twelfth grade here at Boise High. And um, students have the opportunity to take this for their physical ed- education credit. Um, and then they can continue on taking it once they get that credit. They need one year of physical education between 10th through 12th grade. So when they're done getting that credit, then they can continue to take this class as an elective credit. And we've had a lot of students um, that have been in the physical education class um, see what we're doing in here. Um, we typically do three days a week weightlifting and we do Olympic powerlifting and uh, two days agilities. And some of those students in those PE classes are seeing how hard the students work in here and they're saying, I want to do that. And so they are not in sport. They just are like, I want to push myself and challenge myself and work hard like that. And then they're, you know, joining in on this class as well. Um, intermixed with the athletes, which has uh, been a really cool dynamic. Um, our PE classes use the weight room one day a week um, when we're doing agilities, and um, they don't really touch on the Olympic powerlifting, but we do try and expose them to as many different options, uh, free weights as possible in the weight room. So, Awesome. That's a good explanation. And a follow-up to that, you know, a lot of times we hear those athletic PE classes in some places, sometimes being somewhat, you know, certain group heavy, you know, and, and you touched on different people seeing it, getting interested in it. You know, obviously you two are running it. What's the dynamic like you've mentioned kind of PE and non-PE, but sometimes we hear, oh, just the football team uses it. Or it's, you know, just like mostly boys, the basketball team, track team, they're the ones that sign up for the class and we're kind of missing certain groups that we'd like to see, be it from female athletes or whatever it may be. Is that the case at Boise or have you been able to sort of, you know, grow the program into something that everybody's, you know, taking part in boys, girls, PE, athletics, all kind of across the board, if you will. Um, yeah, it's, it's been across the board. Um, it's, I mean, we're pretty 50, 50 female male and we are, we really hit the gamut for every sport. Uh, I mean, we have football, we have soccer, boys and girls, we have track, we have a lot of swimmers. Uh, we have golfers uh, in the class. We have a lot of gymnasts that take the course as well. Dancers, um, dancers rock climbers. Um, we have CrossFitters uh, that join the class. Um, and who, who am I missing? Then well, too? Yeah, across the board, the thing that we really wanted to build here at Boise High is a culture of everyone involved and everyone's welcome. Um, and so previously, and you can uh, you know piggyback on this, is before I came here, I worked at Eagle High for 18 years after athletics fitness teacher there. And it was a big, big program when I came here. It was a really great program. Um, but it was mainly probably more for the football team and things like that. And um, me being a female and Rachel being a female, we grew the program. And I think that helped bring um, the female aspect into play, which was fantastic. And we've grown the program where it's not just the football team. Um, and it's across the board, every sport or anybody interested. A lot of even climbers and uh, mountain bike um, people that are on part of club teams as well. So we welcome everyone and we just wish we could give 
space to everybody, but now we are, which is fantastic. We're so proud of the program. We have a wait list, so it's really, we wish we could do it every period three times. We just don't have the space now, so. Yeah, yeah and we, um, I mean, we've had uh, individuals that plan or hope to go into the military. We've had a lot of them as well. But one of the, the coolest things is having the buy-in from all the coaching staff. Like, hey, let us take some of that off your hands. Now you're not trying to get time in the weight room. You can focus on your sport at hand and you don't have to do purposeful conditioning. Let us take care of that. And you focus on, you know, your skill development for your sport. And and we've had a lot of buy-in from all the coaches. Yeah. That's awesome. So it sounds like buy-in from coaches, from the students, lots of different groups, like you mentioned, both you know, female, male, as well as people that you wouldn't even expect to come in uh, as a swimmer myself who saw a lot of swimmers never really take advantage of the weight room. It's always nice to see that happening as well. And as a coach now, hoping that more swimming will, will start to buy in. That's always music to my ears. Uh, another question that always comes up from that is you've mentioned a, a number of different groups. And obviously by looking at the cave, as you guys have called it and created it, there's certainly some investment from administration and higher ups as well. How have they received the program? How has that been taken from even the highest levels? Cause I think sometimes that's one that teachers or coaches might struggle with. Um, how have you positioned this program to them? Obviously, um, you know, Rachel, you've been here for 10 years. Has it transitioned? Has it progressed? And Stephanie, I'll let you jump in as well. However you want to tackle that question. Yeah, it's been a really um, kind of cool transition to watch. Uh, when I came in here, I taught all physical education uh, classes, and there was already uh, two teachers that kind of, you know, had the control over the fitness program for the athletes. And um, and I will say that um, that it's been really cool to see the natural progression with us uh, having a renovation of our building. And deciding that this needed to be um, a place to really build up our athletic programs and um, student confidence and everything. And so in that transition of a a new building, a new space, um, it kind of just worked out naturally where that's right around the time that Stephanie came in. Um, They had told me with these two teachers leaving out that I was going to be teaching fitness. um, And she came in and we just had a good partnership right away. And, um, and so it was just kind of this whole new thing, uh, a new environment that we were getting, new teachers that we were getting, new program. And so yeah, we were really able to start with a clean slate. Um, and then I'll let you, you know, yeah, jump onto that. The, uh, the, the building, I mean, this, when was this building built? 18? Oh, yeah. The building was built in 36. So um, it's a historic building. They couldn't tear it down, so they wow. gutted the inside. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then you know, kind of worked with us, and we said we want this to be a good space that all of our athletes yeah. can use. So we were in a basement to begin with for three years. So we makeshift the old book room into the into the weight room, and it was really successful. And that's kind of when I when I came into play, and then we were able to piggyback on the architecture and um, the engineers prior to this finally being built and be able to come in here and um, the bond was passed and some money was given to the school to renovate. And so we were able to have a portion of a new building attached to the old building in the renovation, which is the new weight room, the rest of the room, and then the fine arts above us, which is great. And then we just came with a couple different coaches and myself and Rachel and just looked for different, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry. 
um, the fundraisers we did. Yeah, and uh, grant, they were in a grant, grant, grant and, and got a really big, was it Powerade? Powerade. Powerade. Our great grant of $10,000 Powerade. So our, you know, our, our girls basketball coach, Kim Bridges, helped us put that together. So that was really exciting. And so we just gradually were able to put a little bit more and more money into it. And then um, had all the coaches too. The coaches um, all gave a little bit of funding for the weight room too, knowing that their athletes would be using it and that we would be taking some of that pressure of the training off of them if they really promoted for their athletes to take it. And so the coaches do, they're like, you need to be in fitness. This is a great program. We've seen the benefit of it, which is awesome to, to have that. And We've even had a lot of coaches and teachers who on their prep period come and work out with our class. <laughs> there you um, go. And, and when we do our final, we have a really rigorous final. We open it up and allow the parents to come in and see what we do and other teachers. And we do have a lot of them participate. And then they're like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. Like, how can I help support your program and what you're doing? And the greatest thing is, too, is this has been the fourth year. So we now have this timeline of having kids from their sophomore year to their senior year so we see this huge progression um through their you know athletic through the athletic path and that's one great thing too is to see these kids say this class made a difference not only in my sports and my athletic capabilities but just in in general life and how they feel about themselves and their confidence and just how they hold themselves in in a daily manner so it's been really great for us to see that that's cool. And that's nice to see the progression, as you mentioned. I think sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees, but as kids start to be in there for a few years and they get to experience working with the both of you, having coaches support it, like you mentioned, I think a unique way of tackling that as well as having parents come in and see it as well is, is something that is a good little thing is, you know, if something's going great and you're proud of it, have other people come see it and it almost sells itself, which it sounds like you've started to build upon that. So um, that's a great overview and description of what this program's you know been built up to be which i think will allow us to now understand what has happened in the first few weeks with covid and having to be remote and then of course we'll then transition i know you haven't done it quite yet but what it's going to look like when you do start to get students back into the space back into the weight room so uh, let's start with that first one being remote i think obviously if there's not a culture and nothing really exists it's hard to kind of build from basically nothing. But by the sounds of it, you had that set up, you had the trust of a lot of different groups and a lot of different people. So did that lend itself to being remote? How did people respond to possibly having to kind of be on their own or be at home and be working out? What did that look like? Um, you know, especially coming back into this school year, how did you prepare and how did you execute that plan amongst the two of you and your colleagues and coaches and, and peers that had to kind of make the most obviously out of a somewhat, you know, crummy situation? Well, we had to start last spring, actually, quickly transitioning. And um, at that time, we just had, we had some great things in place that the district helped us with. But Rachel and I were trying to think, well, this is going to last. What are we going to do to keep everything going? Because our kids get after it in this classroom. From the minute we walk into the minute we leave, I mean, it's a rigorous course. So we wanted to make sure that we implemented that same rigor into, um, you know, distance learning. And so I've looked at you guys before when I was at Eagle, I've looked at your program. And so I've been looking at it throughout the years and I just dove into it this summer and decided this would be a really great platform to get our curriculum into it. And so I reached out to Rachel and we started getting our curriculum together and then seeing how it would match with what you guys already have available. 
And then it was just the funding really that had to take place. And um, luckily we were able to get some of that money together. And then we just started building, building the program through um, working with you guys. And so that we could have it ready to go right when school started. Because we wanted to get the kids off on the right foot, let them know that we have their back, that we're still going to continue with this course that has, you know, a curriculum that they are looking forward to. And I think it really implemented something new for those kids and just some excitement to keep them going and they look forward to our class every day from at home and so we're just looking forward to them being back in the classroom and still using it so we'll be using platform when they're with us we'll still be using platform to record data and get our workouts and things but they'll be in person with us but the kids we have half an alphabet so the kids that are not in person with us will be doing platform um, at home so we have this great balance of in person and at home also using platform to get the information out and have that balance and the consistency with, uh, with that program. Do you have anything to feedback on that? Yeah. Um, and I've, I mean, we haven't been able to um, utilize this for our PE classes yet. It's something that obviously um, we wanted to try it out, see if we liked it. It's been really good for fitness. I have been able to steal a couple of the YouTube videos and utilize them for my PE students and they've really enjoyed it too. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's something that in the future, I think it would be a great fit even for those students as well. Um, it's, we're just not at a place where we could do it just yet, but. Sure. And, and you mentioned Stephanie in particular about kind of that rigor and the intensity of the class and, and making sure that that wasn't lost as you transition from remote to hybrid or anything else like that. So in the remote setting, you talked about building in some of that, making sure that it stayed rigorous. Would you mind just giving us a little bit more, you know, um, details or maybe an example of, of what a session or a class period um, of that training might look like, even though they're at home, they're still getting after it and, and working hard. Cause I think that helps put it into context of, of saying, you know, we stuck the course. It might've looked different. We weren't in the weight room just yet, but we still made sure that it, held that same standard as a, a program we're super proud of. Yeah. So just for example, like Rachel mentioned um, a few moments ago, we do Olympic lifts in this class and we know, we knew going into this that there'd be a small, small percentage of kids that would have access to that type of equipment to do Olympic lifts. So we had to make sure that when we put things out there, that if kids had that access to equipment, they could still continue to do those lists if they've been with us before and have been taught correctly. Then we also have kids that don't have equipment or are new to the program. So we had to hit a lot of different levels. So we made sure that the program had accessibility to that. And so we had a lot of kids just using even like at home water jugs, water jugs and paint cans and all these different shops, firewood. <laughs> I mean, we could give you guys some amazing yeah. videos yeah. and we just wanted them to know that you can work out and have a rigorous workout no matter where you are or what you have access to. And so we were able to just cross the board, let's say you wanted to have a five by five clean that day, um, you know, between 65% and 80% of your max. If you don't, if you're not able to do that, then we're gonna go to maybe some dumbbell um, one hand, you know, so we just kept building off of what our curriculum day or that day would look like, and then find a different level to move down from. So our workouts have different things depending on what the kid had. So that's what we loved about platforms because we can get so many different things out for the same workout. And, and being able to front load those new students that haven't had us yet, that haven't done any Olympic lifting to be able to do some PVC pipe work on, you know, what does your forming technique look on all of these lifts and 
we had a lot of students go and and we were like, it's it's a dollar thirty-five to go cut your PVC go. pipe at the hardware store. And I said, I'll pay for it, I'll yeah. buy the change in my car, but go yeah. get one. Yeah. And so they were able to do that. And then the other thing that's been great is um is on their daily workouts. Um we also post here's what your workout looks like. And if you're in season, this is what you might cut out of that workout or how you would lighten the load. So you're gonna do um, you know, maybe it's 10 exercises that we have the whole uh, student body population doing. And then if you're in season, we say lighten the load on exercise five, six, seven, or don't do nine and 10. And then we also have a game day workout posted as well for those students that have a game that day. So, and that's something that we've continued. Uh, you know, we did it when we were in the classroom on the whiteboard over here. We have, here's your regular workout, the rolling whiteboard, here's in-season game day and how you're modifying the workout, um, but yet still doing something that's going to um, uh, promote your growth in your sport and in the weight room. Um, and then we've been having the students time-lapse their workout so that we can, so they're they're recording it and sending it to us so that we can still assess form and, and technique. You know, we want to have accountability. We want these kids to know that we're here for them. We love them. We miss them. And we know that they want to be here too. So to have that respect and that accountability on both parts on ours and for them too as well. Sure. Awesome. And I love the examples, chopping wood and everything in between. Um, we could always tell who lived in different parts of the country and state, depending on the type of, uh, the type of creativity they had. There was always a few logs in certain places and, and different things that people got a hold of. And then, as you mentioned, using PVC pipes and things like that, I think is awesome. Um, that was the first purchase I ever made as a, as a coach myself. I was like, all right, this is the easiest thing to go out and buy. And I think more and more people are picking up on that. Kids are picking up on that. Students are picking up on just the simplicity of still being able to work out, still being in to train. Rachel, you touched on in your, your response there a little bit about kind of acknowledging some of those younger students or more inexperienced students um, and understanding that a lot of those kids uh, might not be comfortable with certain movements yet, be it Olympic lifts or whatever else may be. I think that was one of the, the biggest struggles for a lot of folks, right? Understanding that, all right, we have this group of kids that are super set up and we know no matter what we tell them, no matter what we throw at them, whether they're at home, in school, whatever it may be, they're going to take it and run with it. But I think there was more hesitation probably with some of the younger students that they were going to get scared off or they were going to be at home and it was going to be an intimidating process of, oh my gosh, you know, Coach Ryden's asking me to do something with a piece of equipment. I don't even know what it is or I don't have it or whatever it may be. So how did you bridge that gap with maybe some of your younger students or some of those students that were a little bit more inexperienced so that it wasn't something that was this like jarring experience for them and you didn't necessarily kind of lose almost like a generation of kids in that year or in that younger group that said and throw their hands up, this isn't for me? We started off um, – this year, doing what we normally would do if the students were in person, we walked them through with the PVC pipe, um, all of the lifts, and we take it step by step on this is, you know, where your hand grip should be. And, you know, break down the movements of you, here's your shrug first, here's what it looks like, we practice it together, then here's your high pull, you know, or your scarecrow, and here's how you do it, here's what it looks like. And so we would do that with them in the weight room. And typically we would have the returners or the veterans help guide them through some of that, especially if they needed more work. But we start everybody on the PVC pipe, 
even if they've had us before. We talk about if you go to a collegiate program and you do weightlifting, they don't care if you say, that's great. If you say that you can squat 300 pounds, they're going to be like, we have this awesome PVC pipe right here. You're going to start on that. And we want to see your mechanics and make sure that everything looks good before you progress. So we do that right when they come into the weight room, when they're here in person with us. And so we just did that same thing, live session with us. We walk them through all of that. And then, um, and then we just put in a lot of the platform stuff that helps support all of those lifts and all that. Yeah. We just, and we make sure too, that, you know, kids that are already advanced, can go right into something they know. And then we also made sure that, okay, if you are nervous or feel uncomfortable, do this instead. Because we want people to feel success. We want them to not be intimidated or not be scared of the class. And so we gradually build people in. And we knew we were going to have that challenge with new kids that are not seeing us in person right away because it's, it's our class is intimidating. And so we wanted to make sure that it was comfortable for them and they're feeling it. So it's going to be interesting when they come back next week because they're going to be like, oh, wow, they were really serious, you know, because it's serious across the board right now through online. Now they're going to see it in person too. So we just love that it's going to be that quick crossover and they know what to expect. And I think that's great. I think both of you have touched a lot on being mindful of, you know, instead of setting kids up to feel like they failed, putting them in a position that they know that they succeeded, but were challenged, they were pushed and sort of finding that right metric. So one of my questions that I had, I usually like to ask, and I think this, you know, could be the answer or it could be something else. I'd be interested to hear what you said, have to say is of all of this, and, and maybe it's identifying where kids are at and maybe you felt like that was easy or it could be something else. But what did you find, especially in this first period remote starting up the school year to be most difficult? Um, it could be something about not being able to, you know, go give hands-on cues and feedback. It could be just as simple as not being able to, you know, give kids, you know, tips and cues in person. What did you guys as a, as a group, maybe I'll let you both answer. I don't know if you have one off the top of your head, find to be one of the more challenging components or aspects to having to be remote or having to kind of handle this, not in the typical setting that you're both used to. Um, you want I, for, for me, I would say that the students not being able to engage with each other as much, um, you know, they do have different lifting groups and there's a lot of motivation and encouragement um, that they gain from one another. Um, we create a really supportive environment. And I think that especially teenagers, they just thrive on that. So the fact that they haven't really been able to have that um, I would say has been our biggest hindrance. And that's what we're excited about. Um, even though physically they'll still need to maintain some distance. I think just that, um, encouragement and motivation that and feedback on their lifts and exercises that, that, you know, we put in place, like a lot of times, Oh, Hey, we're videoing today. And then as a group, you reflect like, and they talk about it together with each other. Like, look, your hips, you know, didn't get low enough on this and, and maybe try this and, and they help encourage and support each other. So I, I would say I'm excited for them to be able to have more of that, which they couldn't really have as much virtually. Yeah. And the piggyback on that is she says like, we become a family, this like unique family. It's such a different atmosphere than other classes. And that's the one thing that kids come out of this with is different peer groups and different relationships they might not have had before. Um, across the board and so that was one thing that was 
probably on top of that was probably difficult for her and I in the very beginning is to, we already had some really nice connections with kids we had before in class. And so we would, when we're Zooming, excuse me, not Zooming, Google Meets, we would talk to our, um, what we call them our um, veterans, right? Our kids that have been here before and ask them questions to, to get those new kids excited because we want those relationships. So I would say that the relationship aspect and getting that relationship with those new kids is probably the biggest struggle because you want them to know that we care and that we're here for them and we can't wait to get them because we get into a pretty tight relationship pretty quick in this class. It doesn't take very long. So we wanted to make sure we have that connection with the kids and platform did help us do that and um, making sure that we could have that connection with them and the accountability through your guys' program, but then also through our Google Meets and then through some stuff on Classroom. So we had all these different components that helped us to have those relationships. Awesome. And I think, you know, a few things to pick apart there is, you know, one to, to build off of what you mentioned is, you know, the same peer groups outside of a fitness center or weight room aren't the same that come into it. Um, you know, the, the person that might be your counterpart on a field of competition or on the court isn't the same person you might necessarily get paired up with in the weight room. And I think that's one of the unique things that comes with that, that, that stands out as well in, in what you just mentioned. Um, and then the other side of things, as you mentioned, and some some of that is using the veterans, using the people that you could lean on in that virtual setting. Before we move on um, and talking about what's going to be next, I do just want to you know ask one follow up to that: is how did those students respond? How did those veterans in the group pick up on it? Could they sort of tell, hey, I'm here as a leader and I need to help you know make this class successful? And how did the younger kids respond as well, or the the, the not so much veterans? Did they start to get comfortable over those first few weeks? Are, are they feeling like they're now part of that class? How did that all foil out? Because I know it's a challenge in remote. It's always interesting to hear exactly what it looks like in an in actual setting that you guys are experiencing. I would say that one thing that's been great too is we've been lucky where we are to let all sports move forward in a really safe manner. And so those um, kids that have been with me before have, are able now to still have those connections with some of the younger kids um, and be those mentors and peers. So having that access and having them and us looking to them to be um, leaders, they can then take that from our online stuff. And then when they see each other, off campus on some of the different stuff. That's been great too. And then we use them as examples. And then we also say, okay, this, you know, I'll have, I'll say Henry, who's a really great football player for us and just a, a tremendous kid here. I will ask him in class a couple of questions and I'll have him speak to the whole class. And then I'll then, then the younger kids can see, oh, this, this is where I'm going to be when I'm senior. And this is what's happened. And this is what I can experience. And so just to get them excited about all the different things that Coach Ryan and I do in class. So we just, this whole time, these last eight weeks, we've been going into and talking about the other things that we do and what we can't wait to see. So. And then some of those students that have struggled a little bit because they're not getting the in-person connection, but that, and especially it's been great for the ones playing sport. Um, you know, like I had one student that was really struggling to get on and, you know, like, you know, where do I find this and how do I click this? And even though I had, walked through it several times with him, you know, I'm up at football and I said, okay, here's your little partner. Like Finn, you're making sure that he knows what he's doing and where to go. And then I'm like, just helping connect them, a sophomore and a senior, like Finn's been in our program for three years. 
if you have questions, this is who you go to. So helping to just connect them with other people. And I mean, they probably knew each other, but maybe they just didn't have that connection yet. And and we've done that with a lot of um, the different students, like here, let me buddy you up with this person or, you know, um, Rebecca, can you show us a couple of examples of, of how you do that exercise? I mean, they're seeing me do it, but it, it just builds a connection when they get to see each other do it and they help educate one another. That's great. I think we, I think we all sometimes make the assumption that, you know, th- they know each other and they're going to make the connection. And then you realize like, no, we're going to need to facilitate that a little bit. And then the second it's set up, it can then make itself, but sometimes just actually making that mental connection of, you know, Finn or whoever it may be, everyone has those kids on the team that might just need the nudge to say you're in, in charge or you're helping, or you're going to be a leader in this situation can go a really long way. So I, I think those are great examples. So as I mentioned, I think to, to wrap up the episode and to wrap up our conversation, we'll sort of look ahead if, if you will, um, into what it's going to become next. I think it was a great overview of what the program was prior to COVID all that you had built up, starting to look at what it has been you know, within this remote setting and now, you know, given the safety and and measures that your state has taken and what is being allowed within Idaho, you're now approaching being able to get students back into the weight room back during the school day. So if you wouldn't mind, just because we have people listen from all over the country, just describing what that's going to look like at the most basic level in terms of who gets to come into school, when they get to come into school, is it, you know, only a few days a week for certain groups, whatever it may be. Um, and then we'll talk about applying it actually to what your classes look like and everything else like that, just to give it some context. Well, um, I'll just talk about that part first. So we are coming back next week when the kids come back, um, Monday is going to be, um, virtual for the entire school. Um, we have a late start Monday. And so we do our PLC, we do group meetings for faculty and we kind of touch base on everything. And then coming back starting Tuesday, it's going to be half the alphabet. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to be A through L in the school. And then Wednesdays and Fridays are going to be the rest of the alphabet. And it'll stay that way through the rest of the semester. So we have that consistency. So the district's done a really great job about um, implementing that, doing slow stages and um, tracking everything. And then we have a really great plan for all of our health needs and things like that. Masks, you have to wear masks, full-time masks. Um, and cleaning stations and washing hand stations and sanitize stations. So we have a great plan. And then I'll let you go into what we're going to do with class. Um, we have a great, we have a great thing in place and we're looking forward to you know doing that. So, yeah. So when the students are here, that's going to be great to have them live. And um, they already have the foundation set up from the platform program, which is great. And um, really as a whole you know, school, we've talked about not reinventing the wheel. Like, where do the students access their information? How are they getting stuff on the days they're not here? And so we're not, they already know what to do when they're not here, they'll be doing their platform workout. um, And then just kind of flip those days. So they'll have three days a week where they are full platform workout, and then two days a week where they are in person with us. Um, and then as we transition, who knows what will happen second semester, but as we transition, um, Stephanie mentioned, you know, we want to keep accessing platform for um, helping provide those um, uh, modified workouts. So we're not having to do so much. We can set the stage ahead of time 
on platform and okay, in season, you're doing your platform workout, but they would physically be right here. So let's just say we have all students back in person. We have our general population out of season doing this workout because there's only one of us. It's really hard to have that different structure. So uh, platform's really going to be like that secondary teacher for us where, okay, off season's doing this. In season, you're doing your platform workout or game day, you're doing your platform. Um, and then I also envision platform, not just for all of the testing components and data tracking, but also for um, injuries. When students have injuries, they have this plethora of workouts now that they can have access to, to do that we could create, like, here's your upper body workout because you have a lower body injury, or here's your you know, lower body workout because you have an upper body injury. That takes a lot of time for us to create those modifications at the beginning of class. So we can set that stage early and they can still get a rigorous workout to help get them back as quickly as possible. And they don't lose so much, you know, muscle mass and speed and things like that yeah, um, never, just because they're injured. So we never had anybody sleep. Yeah. If you have an injury, you're it's you're not rehabbing. just go sit over on the side. Yeah, you're still you working day, your other areas. Yeah, right. Day, right. Yeah. So we everyone's moving and shaking. So. Awesome. And that's awesome. great. And I think what sounds like, and I'll let you guys, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what always we're interested in here at platform and in my role, you know, talking with different teachers and coaches all across the country is we hear people that maybe had nothing and built something up via platform from scratch or whatever it may be, or they had something really like stringent that they really liked. And they're like, it's my way or the highway. And we're going to continue doing this. But what's impactful and empowering from this conversation is that you had a lot of amazing things already going on. You had a lot of creative ways and empowering your students and all sorts of different groups coming in and out of it. And you weren't necessarily, you know, afraid or, or hesitant to let something else in, make it work and sort of tweak and adjust as it fits your goals, your needs, what you find to be the best. And I think that's what stands out to me. And I don't know if that's fair or unfair to say, but what you've been able to do and saying that we're going to give everybody something and use platform as a resource and as a supplement. But, you know, it, it's super clear to me in this, this short conversation, just how much the two of you and your program have really been driven by, you know, leaders like yourself, empowering all of those different things to happen. It's not just plug and play. There's a lot of thought a lot of thinking, a lot of planning that's behind all of this, which is really, really great to see. And that's more of a compliment than a question, but I, I hope at least that you'll take it. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. We, um, we've worked hard. We have worked hard. And I don't, it, it's been a lot, but we think that having platform has helped us have a little bit of, to take a breath and be like, okay, it's going to work. We're going to make it work. And we have a great thing to give the kids. So. Awesome. Awesome. And I think that's a great overview. I, I've, I've sort of tried to structure it throughout the conversation, but we got to take a look at what it, it really was like before COVID, what it was like in the middle of all of this and having to be remote and having to get creative. And now a little bit of a sneak peek of what it will start to look like as you get back into the school and, and being able to work with your kids. So anything else that I haven't touched on, haven't been able to cover that, that you feel like is important to the, the Boise kind of story and makeup of your program um, that I haven't you know asked or gotten to, or, or has this been a really good kind of overview of what it's been like for, for you two and, and your program? Yeah, it's, it's been good. I will say that um, some of the other schools know that we're using it and are, are pretty jealous of the fact <laughs> that we have access to something like that. And I mean, 
we both um, get a lot of um, in, interns from Boise State. And, oh, nice. And, you know, I have one right now that coaches at one of our rival schools. And, you know, he's yeah. like, oh, wow, like, this is really cool. You guys have access to this. And, and he's like, our football players over at this other school don't have access to something like sure. that. And so the, and we were like, I know the workouts that, <laughs> that they've been able to do have definitely been more limited while virtual as opposed to ours because we've had access to this. So yeah, there's a lot of jealousy. So we'll, we'll take it. I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the uh, bandwagon of jealousy as well. Taking a look at that beautiful weight room that you guys are in right now. I I think anybody that is watching is certainly envious of that, that space. And, and what is it? What's, what kind of cave is it? We call it the brave cave. We've nicknamed that. We're the, the Boise brave. So Excellent. Well, the Brave Cave is definitely a, a sight to see, and, and it sounds like you know the way you've described it is even better when you got a full slew of kids in there. So hopefully, we'll be trending back towards that direction sooner before we know it. Everybody can knock on some wood and, and hope for that. Um, Rachel and Stephanie, I very much appreciate uh, both of you joining today's episode of Chalk Talk. It's a pleasure to speak with both of you. It's a pleasure to get to know what this program looks like, and hopefully we'll be able to stay in touch. And maybe, you know, in a couple months down the line, we'll have you both back on and, and be able to kind of get a uh, where are they now type segment if, if, you, if you'll uh, be up for it. Yeah, we'd love to have you guys back. Awesome. Well, thanks again for everybody who's listened, tuned in, watched the video. Please remember to go to platform.com, pltforum.com, where you can get access to our podcasts, our blogs. You'll also notice that Stephanie and Rachel along the way made mention to a few different platform resources and different things that you might be interested in, whether you're using the program already or not. There's a lot available that you might not be aware of, and you are more than welcome to come check it out. So for all of those out there, we appreciate it. And remember here at Platform, it's always in pursuit of better.